You're listening to the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast, Episode 86. It's time to look at weight loss in a whole new way. Instead of focusing on calories in, calories out, you'll learn how to use your brain to transform your body and heal your relationship with food. If you're ready to lose your weight for the last time, you're in the right place. Because it's more than what you eat. It's who you are when you're eating. This is the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast. Here's your host, life and weight loss coach, Dr. Michelle Tupman. Well, hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. This week, I am super excited to present an interview with Kate Glendon, where we dive into this idea of obstacles and how we can use our mindset to strategize for overcoming them and reaching the success that we want. Kate is an amazing woman, and I know you're going to love what she has to say because she focuses on helping women reframe their relationships and wellness through mindset coaching. She has been working as a certified life coach since 2022, and she specializes in helping people identify and achieve their personal goals by coping with the issues that are causing them distress, anxiety, and stress. She takes great pride in the progress and success of her clients, and she looks forward to helping you today on the podcast. She holds a master's degree in public health, and she has over 15 years of experience in community health promotion and prevention with a focus of total wellness. She's a woman after my own heart. And without further delay, here is the interview with Kate. All right, Kate, welcome to the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast. Excited to have you here. Yes, I'm so happy to be here and to meet you, Michelle. Thank you. We are going to have an amazing conversation about weight loss. But before we dig right into that, hey, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? So I am a life coach with, you know, certified and mindset coach. And I got into this profession about a year ago because I really wanted to help others reframe their thinking and their beliefs and and support them because many people get stuck and they can't move forward and they don't necessarily need a therapist. They just kind of need someone to coach them along through it. And often it's not about the weight loss. It's how we feel about it. And for someone that has um, struggled with weight loss in the past and, you know, have dealt with that for a majority of their lives, I, you know, have know what it's like to always be thinking about food and your body and just like all the labels that come along with that. So it's important for me to help others kind of overcome that and, you know, live a more peaceful and balanced life with food. You know, I come with a background of a master's in public health. And, and I think that's where I got, you know, the fulfillment, you know, by helping change a community that now I can empower people individually through life coaching, talking about wellness and mindset and that ripple effect that it has on their life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's amazing. I've talked to so many healthcare professionals on this podcast, and I would consider you that, you know, working in public health. And I think there, there's just this similarity similarity between so many of us who have worked in public health or on the prevention side of things, seeing the value of coaching. Absolutely. I mean, 
it's so important because we, we don't think about, you know, that we don't have like someone to help us. Maybe we have a friend, but we don't have someone to like kind of be like completely vulnerable with and open up. And then having that person, you know, tell me, you know, like, just curious, like, why did you, where does this feeling come from? Or why do you think, you know, this thought about this certain item or this certain person, or why do you feel the need to blame yourself? And that guilt. And a lot of times we carry a lot of this guilt and worry um, that we don't need to. And so it's like we're wearing a whole bag of bricks on our back that, you know, I like to help remove them that we don't need because we're filling our minds with things that aren't necessarily true. And it's my job to help you, you know, figure that out so that you know where to go next and to realize like to feel later, you know, that you have a purpose and that you are on the right path. And, and people need that. Most people don't have that. They don't have that in the workplace. Maybe they have it in the home and with family or with friends, but a life coach is different. You know, they're there to coach you through the tough times and to really get down to the deeper reason why you're not taking action Mm-hmm. on the thing that you want to move forward with such as a goal you know it's the th- it's because of what you're thinking yeah yeah and i think that's such a powerful sentence it's because of what you're thinking and you also talked about believing things are true and i feel like this is the crux of the problem with weight loss is so many women have these thoughts about themselves or their bodies or weight loss or food or you know what what whatever that they believe is true and it's not it's not they've just lived with those thoughts for so long that it feels it feels true to them and it's often these thoughts that are actually preventing their weight loss at the end of the day absolutely because it could be a statement that they're friend told them that's the reason why they lost weight. So they believe it to be true when they try to do it and doesn't work for them. Right. right. Because everyone's body's unique and loses weight at certain times. And, and uh, everything is so different. You can't just take one program. That's all. It just doesn't work that way. And the more that we, you know, think that, you know, if you eat past 8 PM, you're going to, you know, gain weight. Or, you know, if you eat this item, you know, all of these things that we tell ourselves or we hear in the media, they get, you know, mixed and mimic, and we don't even realize that. And some of it comes from, you know, our inner child paradigm where, you know, you picked up traits from your family that you just don't even realize until someone points that out to you. Yeah. And that's exactly the value of coaching, isn't it? It is. Yeah. yeah. Because no one is, you don't know anything else. So until someone asks you to explain something or change the way you're thinking or help, you know, help you to think like, well, why does it have to be that way? It doesn't have to be that way. You're choosing it to be that way. Yeah. You know, and you know, it's just taking that first step because every time you don't take that first step, you're just feeling worse and worse about it and you're not growing and you're not moving any anywhere forward. So, you know, whether it's taking the leap of, you know, looking for a new career, for instance, if you, you know, if you're not actively looking and applying and you're just saying you're wanting a new career, you're just going to kind of be in this dance with yourself because you're not doing anything. You're just, and then you're feeling bad for it. Or, you know, that in your, your intentions to be in a different way by the end of the year, 
And part of that is moving three days a week to the gym. If you're not, if you're not doing that, you know, cause well, I want to know, like, what are you thinking? What are your thoughts about that? You know, mm-hmm. is that too big of a goal is, you know, what's preventing you from doing what you said you were going to do? Yeah. And I think that is such a powerful question. What's preventing you from doing what you want to do? Because I think one of the most common concerns I hear from women who are trying to lose weight is they'll say, you know, I know exactly what I have to do. I just don't do it. And I feel stuck. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, let's talk about that. Like, just curious, like, why are you feeling stuck? Like, if you know what to do, like, what happens when you know what to do? And then you don't do it. You know, is there something that you distract yourself with? Like, do you see like, oh, now you have to do it, like put away the laundry or, you know, are you waiting till like the very end of the day to work out when maybe you're tired or there's always something that happens. You're a mom that you have to take care of. Like, so what, what's going on here? Like there's a disconnect and let's kind of figure out where this is. And sometimes it's these assumptions or things that we think may happen, like, oh, people are going to know I'm new. Not necessarily. Yeah. And and what does it matter if they do know this is your first time for the gym? Most people are so busy about like working out in themselves and making sure they're doing their exercise correctly because they're not going to really notice and, and that this is your first time at the gym, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes that prevents people. It's like, I don't want to have to ask someone how to use the machine, right? Well, that's why they have trainers there for, and could just, you could be an active gym go, or you just switch gyms. Right. So this is a perfect example of one of those things you believe to be true. That isn't necessarily true, such as, you know, I'm afraid to go to the gym because I don't want to be the new one. I don't want people to look at me. And there's probably a million other reasons women have for not doing what they need to do um, that they hold to be true that isn't actually true. And I think another reason why women don't follow through is because they're not defining a goal that's realistic for themselves, right? So deciding that they're going to go to the gym six days a week (laughs) might feel like way too much, just not even possible inside, you know, their current lifestyle. And so they're, they feel defeated before they even start. So sometimes it's about looking at the thoughts that are holding you back. Sometimes it's also looking at the goal that you've actually defined for yourself and seeing is, can we make this a little bit more realistic? Can we change it somehow so that you're more likely to do it? Because I find once women start getting a little bit of forward momentum, then the wheels start to turn again and we see some progress. Absolutely. And Um, you know, when we are making goals, um, I always, you know, try to say maybe intentions, right? Like or goals that, you know, where do you want to see yourself at the end of the year? Do you still want to be stuck where you're, where you are now? Like remind yourself like why you're making this goal. It should be a little bit scary, right? Because it's new and it's change and, and you're going out of your comfort zone. But if there's no desire or passion behind the goal, you're kind of not going to achieve it. And if it's so extreme that like you never go to the gym, you know, you're not going to go six days a week, right? Or you're going to hurt yourself because you're going to be sore. So for those clients that I have that want to be more active, okay, add on an extra 10 minutes or just start with 10 minutes because you can do that, you know, like 
So you just break it down by pieces. And that's kind of how I help you. Like you have this goal, let's map it out for the year. Let's, you know, you tell me what's reasonable for your life, your family. And then like when things don't work out as we guide, as I guide you through it, that's where I step in and be like, okay, you know, you had a good 20 day streak. What happened? Mm -hmm. And why, why, you know, why didn't you continue with that behavior change that you wanted? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and let's talk about that because we're going to have triggers in life and, you know, you know, change doesn't, you know, isn't easy. If it was easy. Everyone would be changing and be perfect and, you know, wouldn't be thinking thoughts about themselves. But, you know, sometimes there's events that happen or people say something to you and it gets you off course and let's just get back on it. You know, we'll work through whatever happened to prevent mm-hmm. that and help you prepare for the future. But it's really about like, okay, what are thoughts and feelings that I'm having and what's actually facts. So sometimes just writing it all out is like so helpful and just circling what is true because we have thoughts and feelings, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's actually true. It could just be a worry. And we're worrying about things that are usually like, you know, negative things, right? Instead of positive things, like instead of saying like, this is going to be, you know, a positive experience. So Mm -hmm. if you're going to the grocery store with a negative attitude that you don't want to wait in a line, I can guarantee you, you're going to get into a line that moves very slow. Right. So, you know, yep. You know, it's things like that. It's just like kind of, okay, like slow down and realize what's going on. And, and change that. So like you're finding the positive, maybe you needed to sit in line and chill out because you've been going nonstop all day. And it's a moment away from, you know, work and family and friends and social media. And you can sit there and just kind of observe and mm-hmm. rethink about the things in your cart, maybe, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, so much good stuff in there, Kate. But when, one of the things that really worked for me when I started incorporating more movement into my own life was um, using comfy clothes and music. So I love the way my body feels after a workout. I love the way a workout feels halfway through the workout. I hate the way it feels in the first five minutes. The first five minutes of every workout I do feels terrible until I get into it. And for the longest time, I was focusing on how that first you know few minutes felt rather than how the whole rest of the workout and how I feel after the workout felt. And so to encourage me to go to the gym, um, which is just in my basement, by the way, <laughs> didn't don't even have to go far for it. Um, I went and bought, you know, gym clothes and it's very cold in the basement in the mornings, which is when I, I work out and I got this super comfy um, sweatshirt to wear while I, I warm up. It just feels so luxurious. And I put music on, um, you know, through the you know, we've got one of those Google play things. So I just tell Google to start playing my music before I'm even down there. And so I walk into this space, feeling warm and cozy in my outfit, hearing music that's already pumping me up. And then that helps me get through, you know, my first, my first few minutes. But what prevented me for quite a long time was thinking about how much it's gonna, how horrible it's gonna feel for those first couple of minutes. And that was a really effective strategy. That for is awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. such a good strategy. Um, I love that you did that because um, you're right. And I always tell people like, try to get for the first seven minutes. The first seven minutes, you're going to have an internal battle. Of, I want to leave this. I 
could be doing so many things. And then you kind of get in the rhythm of it. When I used to run, they always used to tell us like, never judge your, like the length of like how your run's going to go by the first mile, because you're just like getting your peace and getting into it and like changing your mind over from whatever you're doing before to this is what I'm doing now. This is what I'm committing to. And it's so easy just to walk away. But when you do that, it also is now you have that feeling you, you kind of walked away, you quit. But like, you're right. Like, you know, there are certain parts of the workout that are going to feel amazing. And there's certain parts that aren't, but it's like getting through the hardest parts is, you know, makes the, the next workout better and helps you get through the next, you know, first five minutes of every workout. So it's just like, keep going, you know, keep, even if it's just try another minute, try another minute. And like, that's right. Like if you have to buy like something to get you to get to that goal, whether it be like a, you know, something cozy or, you know, something like fun to do a new purse to put like, you know, a new water bottle, anything to get you to go do that action. Well, be great. What happens is we buy all these things and then we don't take the action now that we have it because, Oh my God, my new sneakers came and now I actually have to do it. Yeah. Even if it's in my basement, even if it's next to my, you know, desk or whatever. So it's a change of, of doing something different and it takes time. And, and like what, if you don't try, you're not growing, you're just going to stay in the same spot. So like, is that really where you want to be? Then maybe that's not your goal for the year. And I think it's also important to, ask people why they want to make that change and make sure they really understand those reasons on a deep level. Because what I find with many women is it's not actually weight loss that they want. It's what they think the weight loss is going to give them. Right. And right. So, so, you know, some women will say that they just want to feel like they have more energy. They want to be able to move more freely, right? And if that's the case, then maybe focusing on movement is more important right now. You know, other women will say, you know, um, I've got pre-diabetes. I don't, I don't want to progress to diabetes, you know, let's, you know, and then maybe we, we focus instead on nutrition and movement comes a little bit later, right? So I feel like really identifying why you want to focus on your health or weight loss um, helps get some buy-in in terms of the change process as well. Yes, absolutely. Because some, like if you don't have, sometimes you have to wait until you get that, you know, news from the doctor or that, right? Like you have to do something because you're pre-diabetic, you know? So that's usually what makes people do something is they got, they're reacting to bad news, but you can prevent that by doing that. And, you know, just like with anything, if you're set on a number, on a scale, in clothing, you're always going to want more, right? You could have a million dollars. Now you want to get $2 million. Like it doesn't, it doesn't do anything, but make you want it more. Like you have to change internally. Like, your self-image about yourself, you should love it at any size, right? It's easy said than done. Mm-hmm. But if you're not loving yourself now, why would you love yourself at that size? You yeah. know, you're still going to have some confidence that you're going to need to work on and build because just because you 
you know, move more or you have, you know, you're out of the pre-diabetic zone doesn't mean that you're going to come with all this confidence and health that you may see your energy, right? Like, so there's a, other things that like, or that we work through too, so that you can get yeah. to where you want to be, but also embrace and know what that feels like in your body where you're really owning it. Mm-hmm. And I think that whole self-love piece is its own muscle that we have to build. And, you know, one question that I love to encourage people to ask themselves is, what decision would I make right now if I truly loved myself? Mm-hmm. And like that, many people find that such a powerful question, because if we're turning, you know, to food for emotional reasons, or if we're wanting to punish ourselves with exercise because of decisions we made around food, or, you know, all, all of these things that maybe toward, to you know, to the outside world looks like we're we're doing things to encourage our health, but really on the inside, we're making, we're making bad choices for ourselves. Asking yourself, you know, what would I do if I actually loved myself? How would I move my body right now? What would I choose to eat? And like that question has been so transformative for, for so many people, because I don't think many actually realize how terrible they're treating themselves until they stop to look at it from the framework of that question. They find it. Absolutely. As someone that used to, you know, feel guilty or not go out or punish with exercise or just be crazy. No one knows you're punishing yourself, but yourself. So why put yourself through that mental war? You know, like it's a journey. It's not supposed to, you know, it's supposed to ebb and flow and, you know, it's, it's so hard when you're so, you know, so fully consumed about food that you cannot see anything else. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's okay if you don't work out six days a week. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, it's just a, a, just a limit we actually put on ourselves of what we can do. What if you just say you're going to move your body and see where it takes you? Yeah. And instead of, you know, feeling like you have to reach for something or, you know, let, like, let's say your intention is to do 150 minutes of exercise this week. Mm-hmm. I want to see how you do it and have it being more free. You know, it, it may take a while to lose weight and change your mind, but like, how would your life benefit in six months from now if you took the change? Right. Or and would you, we, yeah. And if you even just took the first step, like I've had numerous women as guests on this podcast who have told stories of wanting to run a five, a five K race, you know, for, for instance, um, but never having run before, not having any sort of movement routine in their life. And, you know, this one woman talked about literally the first step she took for weeks was just putting her running shoes on. She didn't even go out the front door. She just started putting her running shoes on and then she made it to the end of the driveway. And then she would walk to the mailbox and back. And then she would walk around the block. And after several months, she was almost at, you know, the 5k. And it literally started with her just putting her running shoes on because that's what where she felt she struggled the most was actually, you know, getting started and going out. And so she just focused on getting into that habit of putting the running shoes on. 
And then she got to a place where it was actually quite easy for her to then make the decision to just go out the front door. That is such a good example. I mean, you don't have to make like these dramatic changes. You know, it's just like, okay, I'm just going to eat, you know, 10 chips tonight instead of, you know, 20 chips, right? Or I'm not going to buy Coke this week. You know, so it's just, you know, doing it every day. I'm, I'm going to cut it in half. Like yeah. these little changes that you make, these 1% changes over time add up to a lot in a year. Yeah. So, you know, I think we just have to be more um, grateful and give ourselves grace for every little change that we make, right? That's not easy. Yeah, and we, we call them 1% wins. Um, inside my programming, right? It's just, how can you be just 1% better? How can you push yourself just 1% farther down the road? That's all you need. doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. I like to make vision statements for my clients of what they want their life to look like. And then I have them listen to it so that they can remind themselves of how that feels. Yeah. Like, with that achieved in a year and how that, you know, what would that person wear? And what would that person go on vacation and just sort of embody it and start showing up as that person. And maybe it's just that person, you know, isn't buying processed food that week or, you know, is telling themselves three things they love about themselves three times a week just to start feeling better. Right. And we do, we do similar exercises as well. And I find where people need a lot of coaching is, you know, there's point A, where you're at right now. There's point B, which is this you that you envision, you know, down the road when you've reached your goal. And then there's everything that happens in between. And we have lots of tools to help people get there in terms of, you know, creating new habits and setting goals and, you know, making decisions that their future self would make. And that's all fantastic. But I think equally important is understanding that you're not going to move from point A to point B, you know, with the snap of your fingers, that there's actually some some work that has to happen in between there. And that means sometimes still spending a little bit more time at point A and, you know, being compassionate with yourself and understanding, you know, with yourself, if you're not making all the changes that you hope to um, right away. Right. Because the process, you know, change is a process. It's it's not something that we just decide is going to happen and then it's done. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I think that you just have to kind of understand that, you know, don't put a limit on it. If it takes you two years to complete this change, that's awesome. You completed it and you'll keep carrying that on. And, you know, we don't limit ourselves with stuff and and we have to understand and get to understand why you're thinking these thoughts and feelings so that you can move forward and that's i think the benefit of having a life coach is that they can help you understand why you're doing what you're doing and you know just because people eat big family dinners every sunday night and that's how you grow up doesn't mean you have to continue doing that you know exactly. there's ways to balance your life to fit with um, activities with food, with exercise. And sometimes you just need someone else to kind of help you rethink how to schedule your day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd love to ask a question. I've 
you know, something that's just been coming up in my own coaching circles a lot lately is just this idea of thinking that, you know, tomorrow or Monday or January 1st is going to be this magical time where we don't have any stress anymore that, you know, somehow tomorrow we're going to have all of the time and the emotional space to work on our goals. And so let's just wait till, let's just wait till tomorrow. And, you know, that time never comes, right? There's just never going to be a perfect time when the circumstances of our lives are going to, you know, the heavens are going to open and go, oh, now you may change, right? It's life is always getting in the way and throwing us these curveballs. And so do you have any advice for women who are stuck in that cycle of, I'll start tomorrow because it'll be here tomorrow? Right. Um, You know, I'm so grateful I live in a world that has holidays and things to celebrate. So saying that you're going to start when the holidays are over, um, holidays go all year round. So you have to pick a day, right? (laughs) And everyone picks Monday. I don't know why Mondays are tough. I mean, you're getting off the weekend, you're sluggish, you know, some people go to work. And but I think like, someone told me once, you know, just because you had one bad meal experience or day, you wouldn't throw away a car because it had a flat tire, would you? Yeah, no, you fix the tire and keep going and just because something happened you know you you don't just get to wait you have to fix the car because you need a car to go to point a to point b to go to your job like you can't just wait for something to fall out of the sky and it be the perfect time you make the time and that's you know we work a lot about um calendar blocking so okay work on your goals. Do you have, how long is your commute? Can you listen to a podcast on? Are you moving? Okay. Could that be the time that you're listening to your recordings and working on your goal? Can you wake up 15 minutes earlier and do some goal setting in the morning or before bed? There's times. It's just how we choose to use it, right? Like the excuse is, oh, I'm too busy. I have this this week and I have this. It's not that you're too busy. You're just not managing your time correctly. So let's figure out where you're wasting it mm-hmm. and put it in there and then show up even though you don't want to do it. Like I always like to leave Fridays for things that have gotten pushed off all week that need to get addressed, you know, and that way you can just start the weekend fresh or the next day without it, you know, kind of coming up. Mm-hmm. And if you're having this pattern of pushing things off, it's probably very scary for you to start this change. Mm-hmm. And that's where we would start. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm guessing for a lot of people, it's, you know, there's so many fears there, you know, fear of failure, <laughs> fear of being successful, fear of the unknown, you know, lots of lots of reasons why people don't really want to get started that they blame on time. Absolutely. I mean, time gets blamed for everything, for class, you know. Um, but um, it's really just the way that you're thinking about time and using your time. And, you know, that's okay. We're just going to teach you a different way. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I I always like to use myself as an example because I'm an emergency doctor. I'm busy. Um, I'm also the chief of staff of my hospital. So I've got my admin role there. Um, I've got, you know, my family, 
and I have my coaching career and I host this podcast and I still find time to make it down to the gym most days of the week. My husband and I still block out time every single Sunday to do our meal planning for the week. We still cook, you know, at home almost every single meal every month and we cook with fresh veggies and we still you know find the time my husband has two jobs as well he's a IT professional by day and a firefighter by night um and so he's you know very busy as well and we still find all the time that we need to um you know devote to our marriage that we've decided we want to do to exercise and to create meals And so I feel like if I can do it with my busy life and my busy family, you know, other, other women can too. And it was, you know, and it's not like I was born this way. You know, I'm not, I wasn't, you know, my husband and I had to be very, very intentional about setting aside the time to do this. And we had to make some decisions that meant, you know, maybe a little bit less TV for me, maybe a little less video gaming for him. And those were, you know, some trade-offs that we, you know, decided in our marriage to make in favor of our health. So, you know, you're you're right. It's about looking for where there is time rather than focusing on on where there's not. Yes. And I mean, that is so wonderful that you're able to have that and have that time and, you know, that success. And like, so it is possible that you just showed us an example that having all that stuff career-wise and life-wise, you know, and you can find the time. But sometimes people don't have all that and and they don't realize where their time is going or, you know, and so I think that's also important too um, because you're a perfect example of how you had to work to kind of schedule that all in and, you know, you do that, you know, give you an A plus and, you know, there's other people that have all this, they have the time, they're just, different ways that they're using it. And I think, you know, finding out like the, where your client is using their time and why is always where like a kind of start kind of gives me an understanding of what's important to them and and what's, you know, not so important to them, but they want to change yeah. that. Right. So, yeah. And you and your husband wanted to change. And, and so you consciously made the effort and you keep doing it. I'm sure it's second nature by you by now. I've done a lot of studying around time management and, you know, read some books and done the programs and, you know, all all of these things. And always the most valuable exercise for me has been to do a time audit and to compare that to a list of my values and see, you know, where those things are congruent and where there's not. Right. And that was really eye opening for me because, you know, I was spending, you know, a lot of time scrolling, online shopping, you know, watching TV. Um, and then, you know, my, my my values of, you know, connection and learning and other things were not being met because I was spending too much time doing these other things. And it was easy for me to make changes when I saw how I wasn't living in accordance with my values um, based on how I was choosing to spend my time. So like that was a really valuable exercise for me um, to go through. And I often recommend, you know, women who are struggling with time um, to go through that as well, because I find if people sit down and estimate how much time they spend doing the different things, you know, that they do in their life, they're always, always way off right? They always underestimate the amount of time they sit 
in front of the TV, right? And overestimate the amount of time they spend, you know, with their spouses or with their kids or, you know, with their pets or or whatever it is. So I find that's valuable. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. that's really good. Like a, a time audit too. Mm-hmm. Um, you could do that with food, like what you're really, you know, writing it down and then like what you're really eating is, could be different. You could be overeating or under eating, but it shows Michelle, that you have the commitment to kind of want to get control of your time. Mm-hmm. And that was so important for you, right? So that's, you know, that worked for you because you have that desire. And I think like, you know, when you make these changes and have these goals to change a behavior, there has to be like a why behind it. Like, what is your why for doing why? it? Yeah. And you have, and just explain two big whys. And I think that's why you're so successful. Yeah. Right. You, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because in my course, the first thing that my clients have to do is discover what we call their why power. And they go through, um, you know, some values exercises and, you know, some other things to, to come up with the reason why they want to lose weight. And almost Every woman who's been through that program tells me that was the hardest part of all of it. Sometimes women will spend a month or more grappling with these questions because they've just never really thought about it before. It shocks me how many women want to lose weight because, you know, somebody's told them that they have to. I mean, they've never really thought about, you know, whether or not they actually want it for themselves and why they want it for themselves. And it's even just exploring that question why is transformative for for many many people. Um, that is very um very powerful, right? Because yeah. that these women are actually taking the time to focus on them, and they probably have it. And it's like, okay, yes, like I know, like the why. Well, the scale says so, but like yeah. you know what I mean. They know they don't, but they don't really know why. Like, why is it so important? You know, to pick up this new habit, and I think. You know, why, you know, do you need to do this? And and how is that going to make you feel and how it affects your life? Or, you know, why is it that you want to change your careers? Like, what is it about it? What is it about your relationship with your, with your spouse or your partner that wants you to have a divorce? Like, have you ever asked yourself, like, what you want in this situation? Or, you know, what, why are you so mad that you never get to pick vacations? You know, what would you like to do? You know, I mean, because often as women, we just go with the flow and no one ever asks us, like, what do we need? We're always caring for others and worrying about what other people think. Like, let's focus on ourselves and build that self-love and self-confidence so that we have our power and our voice. And I think that's what I've definitely done over the past year. And it's, you know, it's, it's very vulnerable process and there's tears and, and there's frustrations and there's tons of patterns that you have to break and but once you get through that side because the desire is so strong so empowering yeah so so true you know you you bring up a good point I think so many women have never been given the opportunity to think about what they want or what they need for themselves that they're always focused on you know being their caretakers for for everyone else in their lives and putting everyone else's needs first and you know I have an exercise where I ask women to you know set a timer during the course of the day and just check in and ask you know ask what do I really need right now 
And when most women start this, they have no freaking clue. They can't tell me what they need or what they want. Um, And I think it's absolutely heartbreaking, but such a beautiful thing to witness when they break through to the other side and are able to say, this is what I want for my life. This is what me or my body needs right now. And say it with, you know, pure confidence. It's it's a beautiful thing, but absolutely devastating to see that so many women can't even answer that question for themselves when you initially ask them. Absolutely. And like, when's the last time you actually took a deep breath? You know, everyone breathes so short because we're so busy or we're so worried or we're so anxious and breathing is important. It helps like, obviously as a doctor, you might know, you know, in the healthcare field, like, you know, you need to breathe and, and breathe and kind of get composure and that helps you get composure of your thoughts and, yes. and helps you kind of get it out of your head a little bit. It's just, you know, some deep breathing is we have such shallow breaths. Oh, we do. We do. And, you know, we always have this, everybody has this posture of shoulders up, you know, to the ears, hunched over, right? Um, even just, you know, relaxing your body and straightening the back and allowing that that big deep breath um, makes a huge difference in, in how we're thinking and how we're feeling. Absolutely. And it's important that we take moments to breathe and to, you know, take that 1% win of the day. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. All right, Kate, I am, I'm not sure how much longer my voice is going to last. <laughs> you did so good. So I'm just happy that we're able to connect it was beautifully talking to you. And, and it, it was an honor. Uh, likewise, Kate, it was great to have you here. If listeners would like to learn more about you, where can they find you? Sure. I have a website. It's glendoncoaching.com. Um, and on that website, if you do sign up um, for our newsletter or there is a link. Uh, all people will get a free session with me. So definitely go to the website and you can find me on Instagram at heyglendon underscore coaching as well. Okay. And I will make sure both of those are in the show notes for listeners as well so that they can find you. And before we sign off today, Kate, any last words of wisdom you'd like to share? I think that you, everyone listening every night should write down three things that they're grateful for. And if three things didn't go, they want, they wanted to resolve them and write how you want, you know, forgive yourself. And, you know, what are you going to, you know, resolve it before you go to sleep? Oh, I love that. Brilliant advice. All right. Thanks so much, Kate. Yes. Have a good night.